a little more background. I've been a brand strategist for a while, and I've found that a lot of businesses, um, when they first start out and they're building their brand, they think a lot about themselves. Think a lot about themselves and what they like and what they feel like represents them. And they don't take the time to think about the most important factor of it all, which is your buyer. That's the people who are paying you to do what it is that you're wanting to do. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Wisdom and the Tangents podcast. I am your host, John Mansfield. I'm here to help you grow your business, build community, and create the lifestyle you always dream of. Every week, I bring in other photographers, creative entrepreneurs, and business professionals. So whether it's from our topic of the episode or one of the many tangents that we will follow, you will walk away with some wisdom to implement in your business and in your life. Each interview is recorded live in our Facebook community where you can ask questions and be part of the conversation. We hear a lot from people about how we should become friends with our buyers and build those relationships. Well, today, my guest has taken that a step further with dating your ideal buyers. Okay, hold hold up just a second. Get off the phone with HR. We're not talking about romantic dating. We're talking about intentionally getting to know your dream clients so that you can build a stronger brand. And today, my guest Hunter Myers is teaching us all about that. Hunter is the founding creative director and lead designer at Verger Design Co., where they have a human-centered approach to branding and graphic design. And we get into a lot in today's episode, so break out your notepad, check out our show notes, because this is a really great conversation. Um, so let's get into it. Well, welcome to the podcast, Hunter. I am excited for our conversation today. I'm excited to get to connect with you here and in chat. Thanks for being on the show. Of course. Thank you for having me. I'm very, very excited to talk to you and talk to your audience about the dating and what that means with your buyers. So I think it's going to be a fun time. I think so too. I think this is a fun topic and something that like, I think it's for, for a lot of the listeners maybe caught their attention too. just like, mm, wait, what you want me to date my buyers? What is this? Um, cause I, I saw this and I was just like, Oh yeah, this is the topic that I want to chat about. Uh, this, this is going to be fun because it's all about those connections and the relationship building. So I'm very excited to hear, uh, your take on that and, and everything. But yeah, Hunter, give us a little background about you, where you're from, what you do, um, all, all the things. Yeah. So my name is Hunter Myers. I am the founding creative director at Verger Design Co. Um, I started the business back in 2020 when I think a lot of us really started our businesses. Uh -huh. um, I wound up I wound up being furloughed. Um, I had been a designer for quite a while, an illustrator for even longer, um, and was just like, okay, you know, I... I've been doing this for a while. I feel like I can figure out how to do this on my own. I love the idea of getting to choose who I work with instead of being told who I have to work with. Yep. Um, and just also the growth opportunities that happen when you start your own business. So definitely, definitely an adventure. Um, I've learned a lot over the last three years as we you know, all have, not just with the pandemic, but with starting a business at any phase that you're in. Um, oh, yeah. And I've really, really enjoyed it. Um, I love meeting new people, these conversations, especially, you know, I feel like working remotely, which is what a lot of my work is. You know, sometimes you you miss you miss out on the coworkers. And I know. <laughs> yeah. It's been, oh man, when did I quit my nine to five? 
It was, uh, oh, 2015. Uh, we were talking about uh, both of us used to live in Austin um, at different times. And uh, we moved out of Austin when I quit my job in Austin. And uh, so, yeah, that was fall of 2015. So it's been going on, you know, seven and a half, eight years now since I've had like a community of of people and like people you know across i i can still see mark sitting right over here next to me and uh yeah having those co-workers around it does get very isolated and lonely um sometimes whenever you're just at home and just working from your computer in in a room that's just just you. Uh, you. <laughs> it's, it's you got a mirror set up. I know. Yeah. So <laughs> it looks like, like you've got a coworker. <laughs> hey, are you working on the same thing? You are working on the same thing. All right. We're a good team. Uh, but yeah, it's, uh, I think that's probably why I have music and podcasts going all the time because, uh, I need that, that noise and, and voices of other people. Um, but yeah, no, that's cool that you um, you got to start this. Um, I mean, kind of almost forced into like, hey, you're either going to start your own thing or try and find something through this pandemic craziness of 2020. Um, was there I mean, you mentioned that you learned a lot over the last few years. Has there been something um, like a lesson or piece of advice or something that you've got over the last few years that changed how you look at business? Oh yeah. I feel like, especially over this last year, I've really started to listen to my gut. Like mm. what is my gut telling me to do? Not what is everyone else telling me to do? Um, I feel like the first couple of years I was really building a business that I thought I was supposed to build, not a business that I wanted to build. I was working with yeah. the people I thought I was supposed to work with, not the people that really aligned with me. And so taking a step back and really reevaluating, which this this happens, you know, when you're starting out at that point, you're just trying to see what works. I tell people all the time, you know, entrepreneurship pretty much is just throwing spaghetti at the wall. That's oh, all yeah. we're doing. We're yeah. throwing it at the wall. We're seeing what works. Yeah. We're seeing what Does doesn't this work. Nope. That fell off. Okay. Let me try something else. <laughs> yep. Next, next technique. Okay. Okay. Yeah. But really, really taking the time to listen to what I'm feeling, because um, my gut oftentimes doesn't doesn't really steer me wrong. And in the times that I've chosen not to listen to it, I have gone down some red flag paths that just didn't didn't turn out the way I would have would have liked. <laughs> yeah, no, I think that's so good, uh, especially for those listening who might be in like those first few years of business where you're kind of trying to find yourself, like you said, throwing spaghetti mm -hmm. against the wall, seeing where you go. Like I know for um, us photographers, especially um, whenever I started, I was like, okay, I know that I like weddings, but what else do I like? And I was throwing that spaghetti and then I would see, oh, newborns. Nope, not me. That one's not going <laughs> to stick. I'm going to, I'm going to go on to something <laughs> else. And I think there are a lot of people that are still in that space right now. And that's really good to hear of like, it is okay to try all the things, um, but listen to your gut. Don't force yourself to be in something that you think you need to be in just mm -hmm. because you think you need to be in it. And then, you know, you're going to find six months, three years down the road. You're like, I wish I would have gotten out of this before. Just listen to my gut and not try to force this whole thing. Um, my wife right. is very good at that. She's got like this very intuitive gut that she'll mm -hmm. just like walk into a room and be like, 
I don't think this is for us. And I'm like, oh, no, let's give it a shot. Like, it's cool. And she's like, no, I don't think it's for us. And I have learned over the last, you know, 10, 11 years that we've been together. I'm like, no, I'm going to listen to your gut too. Mine, <laughs> mine doesn't talk very much. Mine's just like, I just want friends. I just want to be around people. So I'm cool sticking around. And uh, hers is very like, intuitive of of all that so i think that's that's good advice to listen to your gut and to uh to to move on when you need to move on Mm, and that can be scary that can be scary sometimes when especially when you're just starting out and it's like well i feel like this is what i'm supposed to be doing because this is what everyone else is doing Mm -hmm. but you are way more likely to burn yourself out and at this point like you've got if you're running your own thing you have to have the energy oftentimes in the beginning you're doing all the different roles like you cannot afford to deal with that burnout. And so listening to what your body is saying, what you really want to do, testing stuff out, not being scared to test it out. You know, mm-hmm. it's you're going to have flops. We all have flops. Learn from them. Oh, It'll yeah. all work out. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's the that's the biggest thing is always be learning. Like, you know, whenever you have the flops, learn from that and see what it is that didn't work and then don't do that anymore. Um, but also when you have successes, learn from that and see what it was that actually worked here and why it clicked and then lean into that and move forward. Um, and celebrate area. them as and well. Celebrate. I, yeah. I feel like we are oftentimes as entrepreneurs, so gung ho on just moving to the next thing. On to the next thing. I've yep, checked yep. that off. Now I'm going <laughs> to my next, next goal. It's yeah. Like uh, that was a huge thing for me when I hit my first six figure year, I was just like, yes. Awesome. Cool. I did it. Now what's my next goal. Now I'm going to move on to this. Now I want to bring home six figures and I had to, like, I was, you know, some, I I had told someone about that and they're like, oh, cool. What did you do to celebrate? And I was like, I Uh didn't. Um, I was just like, yay. And then moved on. And uh, yeah, I think you're right that, you know, as, as entrepreneurs, we are often, you know, especially if you're like Enneagram three or a one or uh, I don't know. There's there's others too that are very driven and very focused on um, checklists. And this is my goal. Now I'm on to the next goal. I've got goals lined up for the next ten years, so I need to get on those. And we don't stop and celebrate. And whenever you whenever you celebrate, it definitely gives you more energy um, to continue on and to hit those next goals. So, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. No, I love that. Okay. So Hunter, we're talking about dating our ideal buyers, <laughs> Yes, um, which sounds like uh, we might need to get uh, HR off of this. Uh, don't listen to this. Uh, if yeah, just hop right off. It's yeah. fine. It's fine. It's cool. <laughs> just go on to the next episode. We're good. Um, but what does that mean to quote unquote date our ideal buyers? Yeah. So I've, a little, a little more background. I've been a brand strategist for a while, and I've found that a lot of businesses, um, when they first start out and they're building their brand, they think a lot about themselves. They think mm. a lot about themselves and what they like and what they feel like represents them. And they don't take the time to think about the most important factor of it all, which is your buyer. That's the people who are paying you to do what it is that you're wanting to do. Mm-hmm. Um, and so by introducing this concept of dating your buyer, it really helps people 
put in perspective the kind of relationship and the time it takes to build that relationship with the buyer through your branding, through your services. And so the point here is to understand your ideal clients as well as you would understand a romantic partner to put mm. in that same kind of effort, to put in that same attention, to give them the same kind of attention that you would give a romantic partner that you were wanting to build a long-term relation with, relationship yeah. with. Yeah. No, that, I mean, that makes sense. Cause yeah, we do focus on ourselves a lot. And, and I feel like we also go through like waves of where we're very focused on us, but then very focused on the clients. And then we mm-hmm. get to a point like I did a few years ago where I really wanted to to kind of get out of the the mid to upper level um, uh, range of clients and get to the luxury like these these crazy you know the the couples that will just take you on yachts and stuff for their engagement photos and those those kinds of things I was like I want to get to there and I really focused on me and trying to get there instead of focusing on my clients and what they actually need and what you know if I wanted to get to those luxury clients, what would they need in a mm-hmm. photographer? And I, I lost sight of that for probably a good two years there. And the business suffered for that and my creativity and everything as well. Um, but yeah, we, we do get focused on ourselves a lot. I mean, we love to talk about ourselves. We love to oh, yeah. love to talk about the business and you know, how, <laughs> how is your business doing? Oh, it's great. And yeah, yeah. I'm learning all these things. Um, but yeah, that is, um, I think that's super important to learn your clients just as you would um, a, a you know potential romantic partner. So, what are some things that we could do to really learn and uh, and build those connections and relationships with our ideal buyers? Yeah. So one of the big things obviously is going to be market research, which I think a lot of people kind of shy away from. I think when, when we hear market research, we're like, ew, gross. I don't want to do that. I don't want to get on the phone with people. I don't want to do that. Mm -hmm. But by talking to these people, just like you would do on a date, asking them, you know, what, and these are, these are going to be the big questions. So if you are, if you are here taking notes, if you can take notes, do it because you want to ask them what motivates them. What are they scared of? What do they care about? What do they love? And what do they hate? Because those are going to be the main things that tell you what you need to build Mm. in order to attract them, make them comfortable to purchase from you, but then also keep them in your circle past that first purchase. So especially in photography, right? Like you want repeat clients. You want people who are going to be like, hey, like, please come back and shoot us again. I had such a good time. And so by learning these elements, you can craft this journey, which is like a dating process from when they first see you, maybe they come across your Instagram or they come across someone who's like, oh my gosh, like you have to work with John or some, some type of first touch point. That whole dating process starts from there where you're learning them, they're getting comfortable, they're learning you, they're building that trust to what I call the happy brand buyer marriage, where they have purchased from you and now they're going off and telling their friends. Now they're the person who's like, you have Mm. to work with John. (laughs) Money. We all love it. Sometimes we don't like to talk about it, but the odds are you can probably find some in your couch cushions. Someone that I trust my couch cushion money with is Gusto. They are an all-in-one payment platform that helps 
businesses like yours onboard, pay, insure, and support your team. They have it all under one roof. You can use them as I do to pay my contractors easily and without those added fees or breaking policy agreements. I'm looking at you, Venmo. If you have full-time employees, they got you covered too with payroll, health benefits, HR, time tracking tools, workers comp, all of your tax documents at the end of the year, which I love. And they've got a whole lot more. I love it because I don't have to juggle all the different online payment processing apps. It's all in one place. I just pay everyone through Gusto and it deposits directly into their accounts. Super simple. Try Gusto and when you send your first paid payroll payment, you'll receive a hundred bucks. So go to podcast.allheartphoto.com slash gusto and pay your contractors with ease. That's podcast.allheartphoto.com slash gusto. Now back to the show. When you're talking about like going out there and, and asking these questions, is it like literally calling people up on the phone or is this more of like, uh, I don't know, like social media, like story polls and stuff like that, or just a combination of everything? So a lot of it can be a combination. I always tell people, go ahead and start with. So if, if you have clients that you have enjoyed working with, mm. those are going to be your starting point, people. What have you liked about them? What are what characteristics do they have? What about the process did you like? And write all of that down because those are the people that you want to be working with more. And so right. those are the people that you want to be attracting. And so you can start on Facebook. You can do a little bit of research. I call it the Facebook stalking. You know, we all do that phase where we check to see if the date that we're about to go on really is the real person. Uh-huh. Um, uh-huh. So <laughs> you start there. You look at some of their background. You look at, you know, what, what characteristics, what opportunities have they come across? You know, our Facebooks at this point are essentially these massive diaries. You can see what a lot of people care about from their feeds. And from there, that's when I recommend actually getting on the phone with people. You can send out surveys and you can do polls. But what I've found is when you actually talk to people, and I bet you've found this too through your podcast, that you're actually going to uncover a lot more through a conversation that you wouldn't necessarily uncover through someone just answering questions on a questionnaire. And so you can... Yeah. Yeah. Well, you can start with some of those clients that you liked working with because at that point you already have built rapport right? They know you, they want to help you, you know, they want to get on the phone and do what they can to help you because you've helped them. And then you can ask them too, like, do you know anyone else that I can talk to? I've loved working with you. Please direct me to more people like you. Like you're awesome. Right. You probably have friends that are like you. So send me their way. Yeah. Exactly. And I've, I've found that some people with the market research, they're like, well, you know, I'm concerned about wasting their time. And I really Mm. want you to remind yourself that they're like people want to help each other. I know that sometimes we get in our heads about, you know, oh, you know, I, 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 maybe I'm not worth the time and stuff like that, but people want to help you, especially past clients. And if you do feel like it still isn't, isn't something that you feel would be worth their time. I have seen people who have offered like $5 Starbucks gift cards or Mm -hmm. have offered, you know, maybe some additional, so for photographers, maybe an additional shot or two in a package that you've, you've given. Um, so if you feel like you have to give like a physical item, that's also an option in exchange for their time for this call. But definitely that's that's where I was. Cause I, I, 
I'm always like, I know that like my time is valuable. I know that your time is valuable. And I reached out to a few people that I just really enjoyed working with, um, from, from over the years. And, and that I thought if I could get 10 more people like you, like my, my next year will be golden. It would be amazing. And, um, but I wanted to also value their time and not just be like, Hey, you know, Hey, jump on a 15 minute phone call with me. But, uh, I was like, I know your time is valuable. So I did that exact thing. I was like, I'll, uh, you know, I'll send over, you know, five bucks to Starbucks or something, or better yet, we can meet up at a coffee shop and then talk. Um, <laughs> however, that usually turns into like an hour of just like other Always. talks. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, uh, block that out on your schedule if you do meet up in person. But, um, yeah, no, I, I love that idea of just really, you know, if you have those people that you've loved working with, ask them, ask them all those questions. What about the people that, you know, someone listening right now is like, I have not had anyone <laughs> that I've worked with yet that I loved working with that I would want, you know, clones of, um, what do you recommend for them? Like how to get to ask their ideal buyers when they don't have them like readily accessible? Yeah. So if you have clients that you maybe weren't super gung ho about working with, I'm sure there were still some characteristics about them that you can sit down and analyze and pull out. Like, okay, maybe mm. I didn't like everything about them. Maybe there were some things that I was like, you know what? Absolutely yeah. not. <laughs> but look at some of the things that made you say yes in the first place. And if you are struggling to find those, that you may still just be in the spaghetti phase. Like it may just be, yeah. okay, instead of searching for this ideal client, I'm going to play this game of, I'm going to avoid the kinds of people that I have had in the past. And you're still testing out. I mean, this, this is going to happen for your first couple of years. I still, I mean, I'm three years in. This is literally my job is to understand buyers and to know these, these characteristics about people. And I still am throwing spaghetti at the wall sometimes because you don't know what you don't know. Yes. But if you do some kind of reverse engineering, then if you don't have the ideal client, you can start to create a no-go client and kind of create these boundaries for yourself. And as you're throwing that spaghetti at the wall, look for some of those, um, I mean, I hate to say it, but like the red flags that you have marked for yourself and avoid those until you find some of those people that you're like, okay, this this is a heck yes, yes. person. Now let me start to go in and ask these questions and figure out how I can land more people like this. Yeah. I think that's, I think that's a really good point of not only looking at the, the heck yeses, but also at the heck no's and be like, you know, like I mentioned earlier with newborns where I'm like, that's not for me. Like I know that spaghetti fell off the wall. I'm, I'm good. I know that that is in this category of those, those people that I'm not going to work with them. I'm going to send them to someone else. Um, and the same thing with, uh, like certain wedding people there, uh, you know, I, I'm a very, uh, energetic, uh, type person, uh, during a photo shoot. And typically, uh, my couples are as well. And, one of the, I wouldn't say maybe like a red flag, but maybe like a pink flag, um, is if they are not enthusiastic about anything and we're just like chatting and they're like, yeah, I don't know, probably there's, yeah. I'm like, I don't, 
yeah, we can we can make some cool photos, I'm sure. But I don't know if I'm going to be your ideal photographer. I don't think uh, that you are my ideal uh, client. Uh, so yeah, even even there, um, I, I can see what you're saying about like looking for those like the the yeses and the nos in, in the clients that you've already worked with, and maybe uh, some people have more. Uh, more things that kind of draw you to them and then leaning into that. Uh, so yeah, exactly. That's great. Well, something, something that you brought up that I really, really liked was that you, while they may not be a good fit for you, you send them to someone else. So Mm -hmm. knowing Mm -hmm. other, other people in your industry that you can refer people to and continue. So even if it's not a good fit, continue to serve these people by sending them to someone that you do think is a good fit. That still builds that rapport. That still opens up that opportunity for those people to say, Hey, while I didn't work with John, he really referred me to this other great person. I think maybe your energy better matches. John loved his work. You should go speak with him. Yeah. Yeah. And that has happened in the past where I have I have sent people usually because I'm either booked or, um, you know, out of budget and sent them on to someone else. I'm like, okay, I know I'm a little out of your budget. This other person, they're great. They're kind of just starting. They've maybe got 50 weddings under their belt, not as much experience, but they're still going to take care of you. Go check out their stuff. And then they worked with them and then sent me a referral a year or two later of like, we didn't get to work with John, but he's a great person, like still helped us out finding the right photographer for us. Um, so yeah, it's, it's never a, like, I, I hear people talk about like ghosting their, uh, their leads that come in of just like, Oh, I know that, you know, all they did was just ask about my price range. So I'm not even going to get back to them. Like, they could be someone who sends you someone in like five years and Mm -hmm. there's always that, uh, that possibility and they may not be, but there's always that possibility of, you know, treat everyone really great. And the odds are you're going to get some of that reciprocity back, um, somewhere down the road from someone or just karma. (laughs) But uh, exactly. Yeah. So yeah, I, I love that. I'm a huge, uh, huge advocate of community and referrals and, and all of that, um, and building those relationships. So how can we, how can we build, um, relationships and like cultivate those connections in our client workflow to like get to know them a little bit better as we're working with them? Yeah. So like I talked about when I was talking about the dating process, your buyer is going to go through a journey. And as a business owner and as a brand, you have this opportunity to touch base with them at each of these phases in the journey, which is really, really exciting. And so some ways, for example, for maybe a photographer to learn a little bit more and have some more of these, these touch points could be client guides, so this is a really big one. So this mm-hmm. helps the client know what to expect from you, um, preparing as well. So I know me personally, like when I go into a photo shoot, if someone can, if someone can send me a list of, Hey, here's how to best prepare for this. That way I'm not going in blind, yeah. terrified to be in front of a camera. Um, that eases some of the you know, maybe the nerves that someone could be doing. It also opens up an opportunity for a way better time when you actually get there at the shoot. Um, 
Questionnaires as well are a really great way in the beginning um, when you're really getting to know the client, asking them, what do you like? Maybe what are some of the things that you're perhaps nervous about for the shoot so that you can then address them? What are you most excited about? Mm -hmm. And then also ask them random fun questions. So I think something that's really, really cool. I, I know a photographer, a friend of mine, uh, she will ask like, what is your, and it's, and it's so, it's so basic and simple, but like, what's your favorite candy? What's your favorite restaurant? And after the shoot, when she sends the thank you out for their time, she'll send maybe a, a candy bar or something with it that she knew was their favorite, or she'll yeah. send a gift card for them to go get dinner somewhere. And that extra touch point and that extra thought, which when they're filling out the form, they're like, I don't know why this person wants to know this about me, but uh -huh. okay. <laughs> and just, just feeling like you listened and gave them that <clears throat> extra attention solidifies that relationship and makes them feel far more valued. It's ups your chances of them coming back to you, of them sending someone back to you. So it's all about, again, you're like courting, like you're courting this, this client of yours and taking them through this process and taking care of them and making them excited about what they just purchased and what they signed up for. Yes. Yeah. And I love that you mentioned that about like the guides and, um, and you know, the, those kind of like PDFs and wardrobe guides and stuff like that. And whenever you create those, cause I've, I've gone through revisions, you know, almost every year or two, I'm revising those guides because I'm also talking to my clients about, about that, or I'm getting questions from them, which is mm. allowing me to learn more about them and, and go deeper into that, that, uh, that dating, getting to know my clients that I'm like, Oh yeah, I've had someone ask me this, like three different people asked me this in the last year. Let me add that into the guide because this is something that people are, are, are curious about, or maybe it's not clear or, you know, I, I need to address this. So then they don't have these questions. They've, they've got the answers in the guide. Um, so I love that. And, you know, that sets you apart from, from everyone else. I know a lot of people have guides mm -hmm. now, but if yours is like really robust and, and speaking to a lot of those questions that most people have, it's going to set you apart. And, set you as that professional that they're like, Oh yeah, they really know what they were doing because, you know, I got this guide and it answered all of these questions that I had been anxious about. And I arrived to the photo shoot just like, Oh man, I'm, I'm so ready for this because I know exactly how this is going to go down. And um, and then my favorite candy was there too. So it was even better. <laughs> right. Added bonus. Yeah. Well, the thing too, that I think is so smart when you answer some of these questions is, is remembering that not everyone is comfortable enough to ask them. So just because these questions aren't being asked by everyone, that doesn't mean that more people aren't experiencing them. Right. And so when you can listen to the people who do speak up and ask these questions and then start to anticipate, and that's a really big one, when you can anticipate what your clients are going to need and provide it ahead of time, it makes you look far more professional. It makes you look far more prepared as well. And then it helps, like I said, build that trust between the two of you. Mm -hmm. for people who can and, and, and maybe aren't as comfortable speaking up for themselves. Oh yeah. Yeah. Cause I think about like, like even people who like at restaurants or something, it's like, 
well, I didn't want this on, you know, my my enchilada, but I'm not going to say anything because I don't want to bring this up. Like there are a lot of people that are they have all of these questions that need answers and and they could be asking you the professional, but they're like, I don't know, I'll just go to Google or like I'll search mm. on YouTube or TikTok or something and see if I can get these answers and it may be an answer for whoever created that YouTube video, but not exactly what it's like working with you. Um, so yeah, if you can answer those questions, even if you don't know that they're having them, but just, you know, kind of think through your, get in your client's shoes and like, okay, mm -hmm. what questions would they be having? Which is hard to do. The, the longer that you've been in an industry, it's the harder and harder it is to get out of the, you know, decade of information that you have <laughs> from being in here and be like, what would it be like if I just like walked into a photo shoot not knowing anything? And um, yeah, I think well, that's great. When you think about the market research, and uh -huh. you're, you're doing some of that, ask, ask those questions. That's one of my favorite questions to ask people who have gone through my process. Like if you, if you could think back to before you signed up to do this, or as you were going through the process, what were some of the questions that you had? You know, what were some of the things that you were thinking and feeling? Because they're not like, as much as we like to think that our journey is unique and it is what it is, uh -huh. other people are going to experience very similar things to you. And so if you can find someone who you can ask these questions to, like we talked about those past clients, that's really going to give you a leg up. And it's something that not a lot of people are doing. Yes. Yeah. I think we hear that from, from different educators of like, ask the questions and be the the professional and be the resource for them. But in reality, there's like, I think the statistic is like three or 4% of people actually take what they learn and implement it. So like be that three to 4% because there's, yes. you know, 96, 97% of other people out there who are not doing what you're doing. And that's really going to set you apart and really, um, really build um, that brand to where people know they're professional. They know what they're doing. I was taken care of whenever mm -hmm. I worked with them. So I'm going to send my friends as soon as I know that someone needs that service, I'm going to send them on over because, you know, I felt taken care of you answered my questions and I know you're going to do a great job for someone else. Um, so, yeah, I, I think that's great. And, and like you mentioned earlier, um, cause I, I can just feel, uh, the listeners, uh, right now, just like, that sounds good, but I don't feel comfortable asking <laughs> these questions <laughs> and getting people on the phone and all of that. And, um, you know, it's going to be weird the first few mm -hmm. times and it's going to feel like that awkward. Um, I mean, think of back to to dating or maybe currently wherever you are but like it's weird those first few dates of just like so what do you do what what's <laughs> exactly. fun you like any movies do you watch movies i don't know what questions to ask and it's like it is awkward and it feels weird but the more that you ask people the more that you um get into those questions um you're going to know those questions better. You're going to feel more comfortable whenever you're, you're asking that to the fifth, uh, 
you know, ideal clients that you've worked with and just be like, okay, yeah, I feel, I feel better about this. What, you know, what did, what were you anxious about coming into the photo shoot with me? And instead of just like, I don't even know if I can say those words all together <laughs> in a coherent Co- I can't even say cohesive, um, but like, you know, tongue tied, it's okay. And, uh, and they also know that you're a real person. Um, mm-hmm. people, people, uh, we get anxious, we get, uh, tongue tied just like that. And, uh, and sometimes that endears them to you even more. They're like, you're like me. Like, uh, there are some other podcasters that I listen to and they're always just like fumbling over their words and just like, you know, going off book. And I'm like, yeah, this is why I listen to you. This, you're a real person and you're like me. Uh, this is, this is great. So yeah. Okay, man, Hunter, this has been so good. I, uh, there's, there's so much for, uh, for the listeners to do. I mean, like you said, get out your, your, your pen and paper and take some <laughs> notes. Um, cause there is a lot that you went through, um, and a lot that we can do to really get to know our ideal clients better. Um, and our current clients, cause even if you've got people that are on your books, you can ask them these questions even before you start working with them, uh, mm-hmm. like face to face, uh, and just build that relationship even quicker. Um, so I love that. Um, before, before we wrap up, uh, there is part of the show that I like to do where we talk about what we're loving this week and it can be mm-hmm. really anything. Um, you know, mine's, mine's usually like movies and TV, uh, because that's my like escape. And that is, uh, that's the, the fun stuff that gets away from, from life. Um, but is there anything that you are loving this week? Yes, actually. Um, so I work with a financial therapist and she recommended Ooh. a new show uh, okay. that came out on Netflix called, I think it's called How to Get Rich, which I I am loving it for a number of reasons. But okay. first off, like, thank you, Netflix, for producing some type of show like this. Like, how fun yeah. is that? But what it does is it dives into the financial lives of people at all different Um, like all different classes, all different areas of life. And you actually get to see that behind the curtain look. I feel like, especially as entrepreneurs, we see a lot of the, you know, I'm making six figures or I'm doing this, or I made this much money in a month, Um, Mm -hmm. but we don't really see what that actually means. And this show like shows you the spending habits of people and things that you can adjust to actually build the life that you want to be building. And it's, my mind was blown. I was like, okay, Hunter, you got to turn it off. Do not binge this in one sitting. You do not need to do this. I know you want to, but it, it's good. I absolutely would recommend checking it out. Okay. And it's called how to get rich. Yeah. Right? How okay. to get rich. And it's on Netflix. Huh, okay. Cool. I have, I haven't been on Netflix in a while, but we still pay for it. So (laughs) we all have those subscriptions. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. We've, we've got three kids. So Netflix is really just like, we sign into the kids thing all the time. Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, I'm going to have to add that to my queue. Um, cause that sounds great. That sounds like right up my alley. We, my wife and I have like this year really dove into, um, making our money work for us instead of just mm-hmm. working for money and, you know, buying these things and investing in that, but really just how can I make my money work and learning from the people who 
who do that and uh, and have done that. So yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna check that out. Um, keeping in that same uh, money vein, um, there's a podcast. I don't think I've recommended it on the show before. Um, there's one that I really love that I have talked about before. Uh, the Money with Katie podcast. Uh, okay. Which is great, and um, and she talks about. Uh, all things money, um, you know, how to invest in things and like what even is a 401k and like all these things that I'm like, I I don't know. Like uh, we, we recently learned that our, I mean, recently, like in the last couple of years that the IRA that we were paying into that we thought was um, uh, investing was not, it's just a fund to invest in something, but you actually have to set it up. So we were like, Oh, cool. Our money's just been essentially sitting there, not making any interest, uh, for years. Um, (laughs) so these are things that you can learn from, uh, the money with Katie show. And there's also another one that I really like, um, the financial feminist. Um, yes, I just recently started following her and I was like, okay, thank you. Thank you. Yes. Yeah. She is so great and very, um, very blunt too on this is what it is. This is what people have been telling you all of your life. They're wrong. Um, and like, this is how it actually works in the world. And, um, yeah, it's, it's been great. We've been listening to both of them. I know uh, Tori, the financial feminist, also has like a book. Um, mm-hmm. And there's a lot of really great resources. Um, if if you're wanting uh, your money to, to work for you instead of just go into your account and leave. Um, so, yeah. I love, I love that we're just all, all money talk today. This is great. (laughs) (laughs) It's my favorite. (laughs) Yeah, it's, it's good. It's good. Um, well, sweet. Um, Hunter, where can people find you online? Where can they follow up and connect and, and all of that? Yeah. So definitely connect with me on Instagram. You can find me at Verger. So that's V as in Victor, E-R, D as in dog, U-R-E, Design Co. Um, and there I actually, the link in my bio, I have a, um, a mini course that you can take to help figure out how to date those buyers. It's completely free. Um, I have an incredibly short attention span. So <laughs> the videos are super easy to consume. They're very fast. There's a workbook that goes along with it. So you can actually create those, those what I call dating profiles yes. for your buyer um, to really help you find those ideal clients that you want to be working with. Okay, sweet. Well, yeah, I'll have links to all that in the show notes uh, for everyone. So definitely go check that out. Um, I am going to as well. Um, one one real quick question. Um, how did you come up with the name Verger? And also, does it have like a meaning behind it? Or or what is... Because I, whenever I was looking up like your website and everything before we were talking, I was like, I'm going to have to ask how to say... <laughs> How to say the name of your everyone, business? Everyone does, and I feel like so that was probably the uh, one of the big the big business mistakes I made in the beginning was not picking an easy to pronounce name. But just like Lacroix, people yes. people do it's it's a talking point. It's talking people point. do ask. Yep. Um, so I wanted something that was kind of plant based, but I didn't want something super basic. So essentially, I was just trying yeah. to be bougie again. Remember when I told nice. you I was trying to build a business that I wasn't? Uh huh. <laughs> <laughs> I, wasn't, I wasn't super uh, super sure what I was doing. That that was it. And at this point, 
I mean, we're we're far enough in that I'm like, you know what? This is going to be one that I'm just going to stick with. I'm going to pull yeah. a LaCroix. I'm going to put it in my FAQ section. How do you say this? Perfect. And we're going to lean in. There you go. Okay. Nice. Okay. Sweet. <laughs> Well, cool. Well, Hunter, thank you so much for for being on the show. I really enjoyed uh, getting to chat with you today. Yes, it was awesome. Thank you so much, John. Thank you for listening to another episode of the Wisdom and the Tangents podcast. As always, you can check out all the things in today's episode in the show notes at podcast.allheartphoto.com. This podcast was recorded in front of a live audience on YouTube and in the Wisdom and the Tangents podcast group on Facebook. You can join the conversation for the next episode by following us in those different places. You can follow us on Instagram at wit.pod w-i-t-t dot p-o-d hunter is at verger design co on instagram and you can find me on both ig and tiktok at all hard photo subscribe to the show if you haven't already and if you are subscribed uh send me a screenshot and uh, i'm gonna be picking someone who sends me a screenshot that they're subscribed to the show um a uh, like a five dollar gift card for coffee Enjoy some coffee on us. Uh, so yeah, send that to us on uh, on Instagram. Or if you don't have Instagram, you can email at wisdomtangents at gmail.com. Have an amazing week and tune in next week because we got a really great episode with Eden Strader where we're talking about how systems, strategy, and soul create a perfectly aligned and data-driven business. Another bomb of an episode. So tune in for that. And I will see you then. Bye, y'all.